Welcome, everybody. We are back. Episode 011, episode 11 of the Core 4 Podcast. We're here May 2nd, off day for the New York Yankees tonight. Um, we are just wrapping up the annual agonizing everybody's favorite West Coast trip that went surprisingly well, much better than I think it was our best record, tied with our best record in the, the last like 10 West Coast trips. Um, the Yankees took three out of four from the LA Angels of Anaheim. They swept the San Francisco Giants at Oracle Park and were unfortunately swept in a two-game series against the ever-so-pesky Arizona Diamondbacks, totaling a 6-3 and record in the West Coast trip. We saw some ups and downs, some highs, lows, some good things in the uh, in the trip, some good performances, some not-so-good performances. But most of all, we saw an ever-so-impressive personal milestone reached by a fan favorite of the New York Yankees, CC Sabathia, recorded his 3,000th strikeout as a major league pitcher, making him the 17th pitcher in MLB history to ever record so many strikeouts, and only the third lefty after Randy Johnson and Steve Carlton. You've heard that a million times, but those are two very good pitchers who have upwards of like 4,200 strikeouts each. And CC is now standing sides and behind the two of them and just adding more notches to his you know ladder towards Cooperstown New York in his Hall of Fame bid and I don't think it's a contest any I don't you know I don't think it's really a question anymore no if he gets in it's more I don't think when it ever he gets was, in honestly yeah. Especially now, though, I mean, yeah, Carlton and Randy sad. Johnson are both in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and, and there are else fifteen is, of yeah. the seventeen pitchers in the Hall of Fame, or I think it might be, or maybe it's fourteen of the seventeen now. And the yeah, only ones are CC, obviously, because he's still which, playing. Kurt Schilling, because he's an asshole. That's why. Yeah, he's that a dickhead. The guys, and Roger Clemens, because of the steroid controversy. Right. So as long as you're not, I'm an no, I think that's right. I saw something about that. Yeah, and you know, I, I think. Clemens is a different issue. Kurt Schilling will get his due. I think he'll be admitted into the Hall of Fame at some point because he was just too good, really, to not be. Granted, I think there were too many, too many slam dunk guys that got other votes. Like there was Rivera, um, who got like everyone's vote basically, and the amount of people also because like there's so many reporters that vote just to keep guys on the ballot. Like they know, like I think the year Griffey got in. There were reporters who were on record saying they didn't vote for Griffey because they knew he would be voted in. Yeah. And so they used the vote for someone else which is to fair. keep them on the ballot, which I mean, I get it. It's sort of weird. It is um, a little weird, but it's, it's it not like sense, out of your, it's it's not, not out of your, but it's not outrageous, I guess. No, it isn't. But it's, I mean, it's kind of aggravating because there's certain like um, guys that, you know, they should, um, oh, they should deserve um, it. Like, yeah, they should get all the votes. Certain guys still be like, they should be staying on the ballot. Like, guys, like, what was it? Pas- oh, yeah, no, for sure. Like, Posada, I think. Uh, he Posta. fell off in the first. He fell off. First, Bernie fell off. I believe so. I, it just sounds me. I feel like maybe joke. I just overrate Bernie because I'm a fan and like no, he was like no, my yeah. childhood, but like. You don't at all. His peak, his peak so was Bernie. really, really good. Bernie's peak was really, really good. And that was against like dummy good steroid, steroid era pitchers. And he was also one of the better <laughs> Pedro consistent of all time. Oh yeah. 
He's one if of I remember the correctly, he's absolutely one of the best ever. Batting average, and obviously playing in all those World Series teams, he played in a lot of postseason games from fucking '96 until whenever he retired. What was it, like '05 or something? I actually have no idea. That was a complete guess. His final season was 2006. Um, oh, all right, that was close. Yeah, um, his postseason numbers, like you mentioned, he's an overall um, 850 OPS in the playoffs, um, including good. his best um, like set of um, um, like his he hit 321 in the seven ALCS. Uh, series he played in for a 962 OPS, which wow. is pretty, pretty impressive. And the thing about um, Bernie is that a lot of his postseason moments weren't just like, oh, he's a good hitter and he's like doing it consistent, but he was like clutch in the postseason. Oh, yeah, he always had that about It's him. not like he was just like, you know, stringing together hits, but like these were meaningful home runs and fucking grand slams and shit like that and, and also he played i mean he his, the world series is statistically the worst postseason like grouping that he ever played because he only had a um a 677 ops but he was also a really good defensive center fielder oh yeah one of the yeah, so, fantastic that was one of the things that made him such a valuable player um but going off that i think when you you know, like, you know, whether or not he gets in or people like Jorge Posada and even like Andy Pettit, who I always thought had a viable case. I think it. he is one. It's just, again, he has the, um, most, he has the most, uh, playoff wins ever, right? Yeah. Yes. Most playoff wins ever. He's when up it there comes down most game clinching uh, wins as well, I think. Yeah. When it comes to like the, the uh, conversation of wins. best that's, playoff performance ever, absolutely it's ridiculous. Mad Bomb and Pettit, I think at the top, but easily. When when you look at CC and the things that he has accumulated onto his resume throughout his 19 year and count, you know, well, not in counting because he's done, but like throughout his 19 year career, I mean, a World Series ring, Cy Young, he will have 250 wins. He's going to have 3,000 strikeouts. He, oh gosh, I I mean, he's got I, besides There's like a lot the more, I mean yeah, there are like I'm just thinking like milestone accomplishments but like top five like finishes in this yeah he's got like a three six era i think as of right now on his career which over 19 years is fucking remarkable good in the posts um um he's an also like he <laughs> yeah. always for, was a big for game CC guy especially also, in 09 there was a time 2013 to 2015 sabathia yeah. he had a 4.81 era that was, I think he, that, I think that was about the time that he lost a bunch of weight and it completely screwed up his mechanics. And he had the knee injury in 2014. He only made eight starts. Um, but since then, I mean, you said his ERA is, is 3.69 on his, um, his whole career, but since from 2016 through this year, including his most recent start, he's got a 3.71 ERA for a yeah. five starter, which is what he's been. And for an old man and a big old man. Yeah. I mean, he also, I think he said something um, when he gave his, he was having his retirement press conference that he, as soon as the season's over and he's done playing for good, he's going to like permanently drop weight. Because oh, yeah. he's Which he's the he size he is because that's how he knows how to pitch. Yeah, yeah. I don't I mean, think yeah, he he's just listed wants as to six, be that big. six six three hundred no. because CC is effective pitcher. CC is six six three hundred. That's, that's a pretty generous. It's a pretty generous yeah. three hundred. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, on the, the thing about Bernie Williams to, to transition a tiny little bit, um, he obviously was so important, you know, switch hitter, center fielder. Um, on Instagram today, a certain switch hitting center fielder in extended spring training. It looks like Aaron Hicks is seeing the ball really well already, which is yeah. awesome given the fact that it's May 2nd. He hasn't played a major league inning. Yeah, that's just remarkable how far we've come. Like the fall from uh, the fall from grace that we had from Aaron Hicks being the center, like opening day center fielder to I thought he was yeah he's not ready he's gonna be ready for the second series to yeah it's you know it's April fifteenth and he hasn't started picking up a bat yet yeah and here we it's just like it felt like what like what happened with Judge. Like I feel like he didn't learn from watching Judge have to answer all those questions about the wrist injury. And he, like, I don't know. I think the trainers had an idea of what he was going to do. It's just the trainers don't speak to the media ever. Exactly. And so it's all relayed to coaches and players. Right. He might have thought he was ready to go, but I think the best possible outcome is that if he, you know, if Aaron Hicks can come back... In one to two weeks, like I believe Aaron Boone said on on WFAN today. I mean, the team is over 500. Um, You know, there's been nothing glaringly wrong that Aaron Hicks would have fixed in terms of Brett Gardner's played okay in center field. Brett Gardner obviously isn't the kind of hitter that Hicks is, you know, just because of age and you know, Hicks as a switch hitter, the power, the patience, it's all one package there. But um, I think it said like one to two weeks we could be seeing Hicks. And I think they're fast tracking him. I think he's, you know, he's obviously, um, he's obviously qualified to be hitting in those series in extended spring training. I mean, I think he was just murking. I think it was the Phillies farm system was in Tampa today. And he Mm -hmm. just, He's, he, I think he went three for three and threw somebody out at the plate or something like that. Yeah, and honestly, if he didn't, if he did any less, I'd actually be kind of worried because he's a grown man playing against what single, like single A hitters. Or yeah, I mean, ex- ex- extended spring training are is rookie ball, uh, short A, and like things like that. So guys that are our age, yeah, much. like college guys, basically. But I mean, also, like, I mean, baseball is baseball. He could smoke yeah. the ball at the second baseman. You know, he could hit it as hard as he wants. If somebody catches it, it's an offer. That's baseball, JP. Isn't that what they exactly, say? Exactly. Precisely. Um, and so, I mean, it's great because Hicks is a presence at the top of the lineup. I think it will push Gardner elsewhere in the order once Hicks is fully um, accustomed to coming back. And I, I, I like that they're... You know, it's starting to come out that Hicks is is getting ready, but that they're not going to, you know, have him in Scranton this weekend, that mm-hmm. he's probably going to go up. He's probably going to go to Tampa first and play in high A ball against guys who are throwing upper 90s, probably get a game or two with with Trenton and a game or two with Scranton just to work his way up because he didn't get spring training, essentially. No. He hasn't seen live real like major league pitching since October. Yeah, he, and he probably won't. Like, he probably won't. In spring? Yeah, not not enough, obviously. Kind of forgot. Well, yeah, but the thing about it was, you know, I think he probably got, I think he got like five games or something. Um, Yeah, and he did well, but but obviously, I mean, it's been so long. Well, right. And so, you know, it's just going to be a process of him ramping it back up into shape. But the way he was swinging the bat, it looks like he's, his timing is fine for, you know, hitting against 
you know, 22 year olds, but can you imagine being the 22 year old that is like used to facing of a like pimple face, 22 year olds who are fresh awesome. You see a guy like your head in college. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Then, Big yeah, league yeah. center fielder. You know, I'd be kind of like, I don't know. I'd be as cool. Like yeah. It'd be cool, but it's as like, kid, I would also cool. just like, like one second and he hits a whole one against you. You're like, okay. <laughs> I also think that, that, that like, it gets factored in like if you're being evaluated by scouts and stuff it's like oh, yeah, yeah he gave, up, think he gave up three he gave up five hits but three of them are to a you know top five outfield not outfield the top five center fielder in all of baseball yeah like you can you can give them the benefit of the doubt there um and it's so, like, I, I think it's just funny how it's like you know you're facing eight guys who are 5'10 175 soaking wet you know just finished their junior year of college and then it's like oh here's 30 year old Aaron Hicks, who was what six three, fucking two hundred and thirty pounds, just a a truck of a man walking into the batter's box. It's like, all right, what did I sign up for here? I don't know. I think that's just funny. I can't. I, I can't imagine just like stepping onto the mound and having the throat of a guy like that. Like, kind of cool, but yeah, no, yeah. Cool. I think I think it would be both cool and like holy crap, like both It'd at the great. same time. Awesome, but yeah, well. <laughs> Precisely. I mean, Aaron, yeah. Aaron Hicks has a great left swing. Um, um, and so it's good that he's he's going um, tonight. And speaking of the fact that uh, Hicks is going to progress up through the minors, most likely to get um, all those live at bats in. Um, batting third and playing third base for the advanced class A Tampa Tarpons is Miguel Andujar. Um, that's insane it's still insane to me because you know he's he's he working his way back and he could be he could be the first one back playing third base with a yeah, partially torn labrum um i think the best plan given like i've been thinking through all the permutations of how the like roster and starting lineup can come together and i think it just makes way too much sense to to dh anduhar and keep Urshela. Time, at least yeah until stanton comes back and even then stanton should be the starting right fielder yeah like here's yeah. the thing yeah you can't until all until, anymore. until literally everyone's back there's a place for miguel Andujar to be the full-time dh because yep. if like frazier stanton and Andujar all come back Andujar dhs frazier plays left stanton plays right and gardner's and that's center. a pretty damn good outfield yeah, yeah. And then if yeah, Hicks comes ride, back, rather show hot hand too. I like well, right, yeah, yeah, but too. Here's the thing, also because you know, I think one thing that the Yankees have always done well is they f- see players with mechanical things <laughs> that they can fix and tap into something. Like that was Didi, um, Voit, Hicks, um, all those guys. Chad Green on the pitching side, and he's you know going to figure that stuff out in the minors. He's yeah, you know, I don't, he's I, shown, I really don't worry about Chad Green really at all. I think he'll be fine. He'll figure it out. Um, And also, like they, you know, that's something that they can find in players and and tap into. You know, if they see it on the opposing side, it's sort of the coaches are like, "Well, I could help you with that, except you're playing against me right now, and that's not in my best interest." You know, and I'll show you what I was going to do. Well, right. I mean, it was was the Yankees. It was a cash trade for Shella from the Blue Jays. Um, It's crazy though, because if he can. Oh man, any like league average offensive production from him with the way he plays third base, like <laughs> yeah, it's a win. It's crazy, and so it'll be interesting because um, Andujar could comfortably DH. I mean, the reports for him 
during his rehab was that he just looked off, which makes sense because he played like three or four games before getting hurt and then couldn't face live pitching until he was doing it. And so even at that point, you know, high A ball pitchers are are tough in comparison. Um, so, I mean, it'll be interesting if he's actually up over the weekend because... Yeah. Be great though too. Because he's on his shoulder, and not like that it'll affect his performance, but that he's just going to do one fire, and then like it's just going to snap again. You know, it very well could. That's why I I want to happen with anyone though. At the same time, I mean, like anything could like happen and snap. They could have had Bryce Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and have two more guys hitting below two fifty in the lineup. So the the thing about the West Coast is you have to stay up late and watch the Yankees do things that would piss you off normally, but because you have a lack of sleep, you're just like it's even worse. Yeah, it's and that's worse. What, and I'm also like kind of cathartic to the whole thing, but at the same time, like when I'm alert enough to realize what's going on and the fact that Masahiro Tanaka is at the plate or that like two people got taken out of the lineup in the middle of the inning because the NL is stupid. It's like, what the fuck? And then I get annoyed. Yeah, I mean, the, I think the first takeaway from the West Coast trip that's you know comfortable to a certain degree is that none of the pitchers uh, got hurt doing anything on yeah. the offensive side not of the ball. Not that we know of, though. At least not right. yet. I mean, <clears throat> the thing was, like when, when Tanaka pulled both his hamstrings on the same play, that was obvious. Like It was one of those things that just looked like it was going to be a problem and it was, but the good thing is the Yankees pitchers didn't really get on base ever, except for, I think Hap bunted into a force out at one point and ended up running the bases. And I think he came around to score on Sanchez grand slam. So it like, it didn't come into play as much as, as I was worried it might because the worst thing that you can have happen is you're on the West coast and um, one of your pitchers gets hurt just running the bases, which is just like the, obviously it's the worst thing that can happen to a pitcher. Um, and the other thing, a couple things that I saw, um, Mike Ford has really good plate discipline. Yep. And the limited um, plate appearances that he had on the West Coast trip because you're not going to DH. Yeah, him, he wasn't starting. You yeah, obviously Voight 10 out of 10 times. Yeah. You start Voight over Ford when you have the option. We you know when you're forced to choose only one of them. Um, Gary Sanchez is getting back into the you know mode that he was in before he got hurt. And it was pretty obvious to me that he was going to take some time to get it together because he only played one rehab game. No, 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 but that was very indicative of what he was going to do for the rest of the season. And I actually saw people on Twitter saying that they don't get the point of rehab days or travel days. Rehab games or travel days, rather. Right. I mean, you know, once you're reinstated from the DL, bam, starting lineup. And then they'll be an active detriment to the team for three games. Get upset if they're bad. Oh, they're like, oh, yeah, this guy's awful. And I I mean, it obviously makes sense. I mean, you don't, I'm not going to get into the reasoning behind it. I know. There, I'm not going to waste you my breath. Like you have to. I mean, it's no, it, it's obvious. The rehab, the rehab games are so that. Like the other thing is like, <laughs> this is this is going to be a, a small rant, but like 
Chad Green, for example, there was an obvious Max tweeted it the other day. There was an obvious change to Chad Green's mechanics. He's holding his hands higher um, in the set position when he's been the Scranton's been using him as a starter so they can give him the consistent work that he needs. Um, But they, you know, people are like, oh, like Larry Rothschild couldn't notice this, like. In the oh, in the consistent favorite. like need to blame the coaches manner that Yankees fans have, but the the thing about that, in my opinion, and I'll I'll I'm gonna keep this short because I don't want to go off the rails here, is that do you really want players making massive adjustments to their mechanics in major league important games that really count? Like if it was spring training, I could Chad Green could throw left handed for all I care. Yeah, but. In a major league game <laughs> where actual season and and postseason eventually things are decided, if 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 Chad Green wants to make a major mechanical adjustment and he can do it in the minors where he can give up 16 runs and it doesn't matter to the major league Yankees chances of, of making it to the World Series, I'm all for it because yeah. if he can get right and then be back to you know, 2018, 2017, you know, 2017 green might've been his absolute peak. And he was just dominant as a result of, of what he was at that point. But, you know, (laughs) that's why these guys have rehab games. That's why they go to the minor leagues. Like those, that time to sort of work things out. I mean, Sanchez, Sanchez didn't look right in his first few games back. And that's why you play minor league rehab games. Gary Sanchez is a case study right there. Yeah. Didn't he go over four with four K's? In his- yeah. Yeah. I think there's all like yeah. 17 pitches and swung through yeah, they 15 were ugly at bats. Very ugly at bats. But now he looks Just okay. He, he went from low A ball in Charleston, the lowest level of full season minor league ball to major league baseball. That's a Sometimes huge that gap happens, in talent. But, you know, God forbid. These people don't understand sometimes because they just want instant. Um, yeah, the instant gratification you know, of getting yeah, an all star player back. It's not how it works. It's just it's not no. how it works. If you're out for what? Um, he was out for you know he missed, he missed what, like, a couple weeks of well, like, a couple weeks of playing yeah, like time. Thirteen days. To, he wasn't I mean, gone for that long, but still, I mean, it doesn't take that long to get your timing completely screwed up. Um, another takeaway is I'm more intrigued by what they're gonna do. I think there can be a flip of bullpen rules. I want to see Zach Britton pitching in some of these like Holder and Canely spots, just slightly lower leverage. I just want to see him work it out a little bit because his stuff is moving fine. It's just he's not throwing as many strikes. And that just strikes me as the kind of thing that's not a decline thing or a, a huge change in who he is. It's just... I think there's a mechanical issue. I think he's just not landing the right way or his arm slot. It's just, he's not throwing as many strikes as, as he used to. And so you can look at his walk rate increasing and his hard hit rate increases because he's not in pitchers counts as much as he would normally be. Um, So I think they can sort of figure him out in reverse and just use him in the sixth. Get him right, like the way that when Girardi demoted Chapman from closing because he couldn't throw strikes. You wait it out because you know that Chapman is good enough that when he's on, he's 
pumping fastballs over the plate and it's not a problem. And I think Britain, when he's right, is throwing his sinker bottom of the zone for ground balls and strikeouts and balancing the slider. Yeah. I mean, the thing about it is ever since he's like, like come here. Mm. He had a couple good outings. He hasn't like been that good. I mean, you can't say he has. I mean, like he hasn't. Um, I mean, you can. He hasn't you been anything. I'm not. No, oh, thanks. I mean, he, he just hasn't, hasn't been his normal self. I'm gonna say, which I don't think is like unfair to say. Well, he was he was good after he had a couple outings in 2018 where he was off, and then. Really got it together down the stretch. Yeah, a very good September. I remember. Yeah, really good. I mean, from August 16th to the end of the season, he had a 1.02 ERA, which is statistically incredible. Yeah, but he's just at the same time. It's also it's also it's reliever stats. He's had he's had um, three outings in which he's given up a run. He yeah, so, runs I mean, to Houston on April. April just a 8th. lot of the in-game implications make it seem like he's doing yes. a lot worse. Yeah, I mean, yes, if you exactly. look at yeah. from April, you know, his first four appearances didn't allow a run. Mm-hmm. He allowed three runs in an inning and two thirds against Houston, which just looked bad. And then his like, next five the and a third innings the didn't allow a run. He was fantastic. And then he in allowed that game two. Angels. He allowed one against Arizona. And it was just yeah, an insurance run. He didn't lose the game. It just, he didn't no. look right. And so, you know, he's at a point where he's 1-0 with a 3 ERA. He Which just isn't, isn't awful. It's just not himself. Just, yeah, I mean, it depends on what your definition of himself was. Because at one point, he was the best closer in baseball. Exactly. That was, a, that was a that peak. Anymore. There's a peak that he can't really replicate. But he also doesn't no, have to replicate yeah, he was no, top five in Cy Young voting as a closer. I mean, we don't if he, need if that. He's, if he's but. second half of last year, Britain, where he's like hovering around a three ERA with a really high ground ball rate and stuff like that, like that's that's that's, that's what I'm issue. I feel for. like he's not like getting a lot of those um um ground balls though. Yeah, he's, he's been. Like, I don't know the stats. It's just I don't like feel degree. that way. I think. He's just not throwing his no- enough strikes to sort of set it up. Yeah, that's the issue. Is what the issue is, and it's it, it'll work itself out. I mean, he has a seventy-two point seven ground ball rate till now, and his career rate is actually lower than that. Oh, so um, okay, sixty-five now. And so, I mean, it, it's it's hard because it's like an eye test thing yeah. because there's it's a sample size thing as well because, um, hard hit ground balls can get through. And his hard hit rate is at 33.3% and his career average is 24. So he's just giving up a little bit more hard contact, which I think is because he's not throwing as many strikes and therefore ends up in bad counts. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's sort of the thing that, that I take away from it. I've been hogging this entire segment um, with the things that I've seen. But um, I don't know if there's anything that you guys saw that you particularly wanted to call attention to. I mean, I've, I think to state a bit of the obvious, I've liked a lot of what I've seen from like the next man up. Like I've been unbelievably impressed with the approach and the reserve or like the, the resolve of Tyro Estrada, who has gone through so much 
to get to the major leagues. And I don't think he anticipated neither, nor does anybody else anticipate that he would be on the New York Yankees in April and May of 2019 starting, you know, starting baseball games, but the way he he has handled it has just been remarkable. I think one of the things that I've been following his scouting reports and one of the things about him has always been, he's a really good bat to ball contact hitter. Um, just good at, at hitting in the most, in the most basic sense of it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like a gap to gap line drive kind of guy. I mean, he, he started his career with a sack bunt, a clutch sack bunt. The Yankees won the game after he had that bunt. And then I think he went on a four game hitting streak after that, which is just so funny. Like this guy went from getting shot in the hip last off season to having a back issue that limited him to like 20 games to then coming into spring training and hitting almost 290. I think he hit like 286. And then actually coming up and being more than just, you know, another, oh, Yankees have another, you know, utility infielder prospect. He's looked more than the part there, which is really yeah. cool. And, and he played left field. Him in left field. No, stuck him in left field. No formal training. He hit 267 in spring training. I was wrong about that by a couple of points. But like, yeah, he, he went from shagging fly balls in left field before a game to like legitimately being the starting center fielder because they were fizzing Derek Holland and, and Baumgartner. And they said, hey, we want to start Mabin and you. And if there was a DH, they could have. But it was... San Francisco, so they couldn't. And so that's what they did. They stuck Tyra Estrada with no outfield experience ever in the outfield. And it, it was fine. But like, seriously, I mean, I think that's a great way to look at it because he's been much better than he would have expected from someone as deep on the infield depth chart uh, as the Yankees have gotten to at this point. Yeah. And I think, honestly, like from what I've seen so far and like where he is in the pipeline, I think. Two years from now, he could be a mainstay on this team. Not necessarily a starting second baseman, but whether he's playing third base, whether he's like floating around like a utility guy, I don't know. But I I do think that Tyro Estrada has somewhat of a bright future with the organization. And granted, this is me knowing absolutely nothing about the inner workings of the minor leagues. That's, That's more JP and Max are, you know, way more up to date about that, but I don't know. I, I, I like his prospect of being a contributor and a regular one in a couple of years. He's, I don't know. The thing about him is he, his scouting grades, he's a 55 hit, solidly above average, but 30, 30 power, which is from 20 to 80, obviously not great. He's never been much of a power hitter, but he's been bat to ball, 55 runner, 60 arm, 55 glove, you know, good tools that sort of come together to be almost like a more, um, a more coherent Ronald Torres esque (laughs) player in terms of defensive versatility good athleticism and i think estrada has better overall contact and i don't know about overall contact Torres hit the, you know got the bat on the ball in most of his at bats but estrada i think puts together better at bats 
and has a better, a higher ceiling in that regard. And speaking of prospects with high ceilings, I just want to interject this about um, Davey Garcia, who the who MLB yeah. Pipeline rates as the Yankees' fourth best prospect, um, pitched in Double A at nineteen. After that's, making a spot start serious. there last year, he's pitching like full time in Double A at nineteen. He had three point oh six ERA and four uh, A ball starts with Tampa. And they moved him up and he gave up um he gave up a couple of runs. I think he gave up a grand slam, but recorded eleven strikeouts and five walks. So he's still, you know, he's nineteen. He's raw. It, it's it's one of those mercury like it's just all over the place to a certain degree. And it's one of those starts where it's like, yeah, he gave up one massive home run, and that's gonna screw up a bunch of his stats, but eleven strikeouts and four innings. That's like that's James Paxton. Well, yeah, and also that's 12 outs that he recorded, right? For four innings. Yeah. It's 12 yeah. outs and he got 11 of them via the strikeout. That's like, that's holy just, shit. How do you even do that? I feel like you just don't see that in real life. Well, he because hit his really pitch don't. count. He threw I think he threw 85 pitches. I think it was yesterday that he started. Yeah, it was it was yesterday. He threw four innings, three hits, four runs because he gave up a grand slam, five walks, eleven strikeouts. Um, faced twenty one batters, threw ninety six pitches. Part of it is the walks, but like, yeah, that could be fixed though. That's like Herman. Absolutely. Troy Tulowitzki began his rehab from his calf strain, and then I think made it like a couple. He made it one game and one at bat. <laughs> through his rehab stint and was pulled precaution um, as a precaution with uh, tightness in that left calf that he had strained. Um, and you know, the thing about it is Tulowitzki was supposed to like keep the seat warm for Didi. And then everyone knew that he wouldn't though. Well, I mean, everyone knew he was going to get hurt. Everyone knew. Yeah. It is, but the thing about I mean, it, it is like, <laughs> He is on league minimum with a no trade. I caught him honestly. Yeah, he's not or, worth or, or the mean, thing is work out a work out a trade. You know, the Cubs are. What are the who's playing second base for the Cubs usually now? Is it Zobrist? Bodie, oh, I, I don't know. know. Oh, I know they're just reinstated Addison Russell to the Triple A, but like, do they want but, him yeah. on the major league roster right now? No, they're optioning him. They already, they, already, they already announced that he's he's staying in the minor leagues. Um, oh, so he's just okay. So, I mean, I don't know. He, the Cubs want, I think the Cubs were willing to pay more than league minimum for Tulo because they knew that Russell was going to be gone. But I think they've been playing Baez at short. Just and they've been playing, this, they've been playing Daniel, Daniel Descalso at second base. Um, but yeah, there are plenty of teams I feel around the league that are, you know, usually a playoff team and struggling right now or, you know, in the hunt. I guess you could say in the hunt. It's fucking May. I don't actually mean in the hunt, but like projected to be in the hunt and need a veteran presence who can provide a somewhat reliable, somewhat league average. You could even put him as a backup up the middle at like shortstop or second base. Like there are plenty of teams that could use that. And like he's still 
a pretty good defender. I mean, like, what do you have two hits before he got hurt? I don't know. Like, I'm not saying he's, he's prime Tula, but like he's a serviceable defender and especially on the national league team. If you need him with like pinch hit or some late inning defense or something like that, I feel like it's a pretty viable option be it the Cubs or I don't fucking know where else. Like, ah, oh, geez. San Francisco. Even. That just have awful. Uh, well, no, no. It's, it's Crawford, not like he, he wouldn't go there. Um, no, he's not going to go anywhere. I don't Because one of the he's things that he prioritizes being on a contender, but like he has so much control. Here, here's what makes no sense to me. And it, it's like, I don't know. I don't want this to come off as attacking the front office because I'm totally fine with the fact that they didn't sign Manny Machado as a bandaid for DD needing to miss like the first, you know, three quarter, months, maybe half of the season. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just I don't get the no trade clause. I just you know they I think it just means because Tulo got traded from Colorado without his approval and he hated it and he yeah. like oh, yeah. swore he'd he never talk to the Rockies GM ever again because of it, which is just kind of weird if you ask me. But um, it's kind of I mean, he got traded. Time. The Rockies were were in the cellar in the NL West and, and he got a shot to go to a very got, good team. Yeah, he got. To Toronto and Toronto was in the midst of that run that they made where they traded for David Price and made all those win now moves. Like, I, I don't know. It seemed like being on a contender is important to him now, but I guess the comfort level of staying in Colorado was more important to him then. I don't know. But um, I just don't like what if he doesn't approve a trade and then they have to cut him and have to be on the hook for the money. Like it's just, it just well, doesn't make any sense. Like, I mean, no, it's not, it's not like a, a huge amount of money. That. I well, right. And I mean, point. there's other players who are providing enough surplus value that they can sort of eat it when it I'd comes to like Wade, honestly. And that's insane to say. Well, it's because Wade, Wade, Wade can play the outfield. Wade has more positional flexibility and is a good. I mean, it's really like can't do much of anything at this point. Exactly. Right. And Tyler Wake, the fan, he I provides a lot more. And if you don't say that, long. you're not watching the games. At least he's okay oh, in like, no, the that's field. What it was. I mean, like you cannot actually like say that. At what cost? With a straight face. At what cost is he okay in the field? I mean, he's um, more than okay, but he's that's been fine. Great defensively. The problem is, I read he can't that hit at all. I'm not saying he can. He has the, he has the highest ground ball rate of. Um, I think it's he has the highest ground ball rate of anybody in um of anybody in um baseball with at least fifty plate appearances. It's not surprising. Which it's yeah, a problem I mean, because it's not even like he, I think he also has a high pull percentage, and so like what he that launch angle. Yeah. Well, that that's part of it. I mean, I think he's also. Just not. I good. think it's hard for him to maintain. Yeah, he's not the, good either. The, well, he's been having trouble. His swinging strike percentage is probably really high as well. I don't have it in front of me, but he just he looks overmatched to a certain degree. And I think it's because mm-hmm. I think part of it's also because he, he doesn't it's like it's it's sort of a vicious cycle because he hasn't produced enough in a small enough sample that he would get the consistent playing time that he probably needs to get comfortable. Um, he didn't deserve it though to be fair either well, but. yeah that's what I'm saying is he hasn't but looked good enough to get the benefit of the doubt stuff. to keep playing and so um, I don't know we'll, we'll see how that goes um, but to, to I don't know to put a bow on the thing about Tula is it's just like he doesn't he doesn't fit 
going forward if you think about no, it because I, I not not at all. obviously it's because not like some great revelation but like he really doesn't fit anywhere because the idea was was if he hits anything above 250 it's surplus value if he doesn't you know shit the bed at shortstop it's surplus value um it's one of the exper- recent experiments that hasn't really worked out for the yankees i mean can you think of anything that's that's kind of failed recently besides maybe tyler wade um um a first um, um basement the greg bird experience failed yeah uh, I, I also here's here's an interesting thing about greg bird just an, an aside gray experience an, an aside yeah that that failed that definitely Which failed one? um sunny gray. gray oh yeah oh yeah that was a big it, one. here's the thing that, i mean both teams took an l on that because um yeah fowler fowler looks like a quad a player um Mateo is just hitting now. Can you imagine if the Yankees like prioritize Mateo? He was supposed to be good, I thought. He was. I mean, he, I knew he was they were going to play him in center field. Um, but he, yeah, he just had horrible bat to ball skills. Um, and they seem to be getting better he's now. Pretty important in baseball. He's well, precisely. Yeah. Um, and Caprillion hasn't done anything. He's just keeps he's always hurt. hurt. I feel bad for him. Because I think um, he's good. I think he has the talent, but he no, he would have been good. Knows? But the thing is, yeah. he just can never stay on the field. Um, mm-hmm. That was one. Of, that's a rare like lose lose kind of trade. Um, and the thing about Bird, that one thing that I find interesting is that he had labrum surgery, similar to what Anduhar is avoiding. And one of the things he had a full that I yeah, no, it was right, a it was a big big thing that that happened to him, and he missed all of 2016 as a result. Um, and that was when they had like a real piecemeal like like Rob Ref Snyder was the starting first baseman. Oh for, I thought he was going to be good, Rob Ref Snyder. <laughs> well, he was. He was a he prospect that got hyped like, from like box score he won scouting. The World Series MVP in um, college, like that's why too. Everyone was like, well, "Oh yeah, yeah he was know. really good in college." But that's obviously yeah. like a lower skill level threshold. Mm-hmm. But the thing here's what I think about what happened with Greg Bird is he hurt his shoulder and had the surgery, and his I think his upper half mechanics got so screwed up that he overcompensated with his lower half. And kept getting hurt there because he's just fragile. Yeah. And so all of that. That's insane. Like how that like happens with certain guys, how they're just not like built. Yeah. Like, just, it's like, just, there's a certain point where your body gives out. Life. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's just kind of funny that like, well, it's just usually people do the overcompensating because of their lower half. And I feel like Greg Bird is probably one of those kind of guys. So yeah. I just think I mean, it's a fair bit ironic. In real, um, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying, JP. I'm no, saying I get what you mean. I get, I get what you mean. But the, no, if no, you I'm, watch, making, I'm, I'm making, I'm making a uh, joke about Greg Bird being a beta male. Oh, oh yeah. right, right, right. It's a very obscure, abstract joke about Greg Bird. Like when when Didi comes back, there's a pretty decent chance that. Back. Like he's, soon, he's been too. Here's the thing about he about, seems to be making. He's been moving good in, progress. In, in, it's May, and I've seen reports that he's throwing from shortstop to first and, and hitting. When's I don't think he's hitting live yet. It was, his 60-day was retroactive to the beginning of the season. The 25th so. then, right, I think? Yeah, it would be March 25th. So, um, let me pull that up. I he think it was come the 25th. Back in May then. Obviously, he won't, but I mean. No. Theoretically, March, March 25th 
yeah, if you want 60 days from March 25th, it's um the middle of May now. It would be May 24th. So the yeah, end of the month, or, basically. Or the end of May, he won't, which obviously isn't going to happen. Won't, but but middle I of, mean, um, June, he maybe? could be back That'd before be the All-Star break. I great. don't think that that's unreasonable. And I want, one thing that I think is interesting is like, it'll be really interesting to see the dynamic of what LeMahieu does with that yeah. because it depends on what's up with Urshela. It depends on what's up with Urshela and Torres. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, here's the thing about it is like part of this is a, an audition for both LeMahieu and Torres and even Gregorius when he comes back because Gregorius is a pending free agent after this year and LeMahieu is only under contract for next year as well. So it's like, what's the actual long term plan for the middle of the infield? It seemed like it was going to be locked down. DD short. Um, Glaber at second. And um that was how it was going to go. But now Didi's out. Glaber looks great at shortstop with saved. You know, he looks, he makes, you know, young shortstop mistakes every once in a while. And LeMahieu looks like the guy who's won multiple gold gloves at second base and the guy who's won a batting title before. Yeah. And so how it's sort of um, like, Hey, wait a minute. What are we, what are we really thinking with, with this plan because they could extend Gregorius, but I'm glad that they haven't committed any money to him before seeing him will. come back. I really don't think they will. Cause they could yeah, let Gregorius say, walk I and let Glaber play will. second. I mean, they could even let me, I mean, Tyra Estrada play second Glaber at short for next year and sign yeah, that I mean, guy. His, it depends. And uh, Gio from seven years. It gives give um Geo judges contract and I'm then, gonna be sending Max a pink slip on behalf of the Core Four podcast for that comment. <laughs> I love Geo, I can't help it. I was making an actual point and then I get disrupted with that nonsense. Sickening. I'm but kidding. No, no, no. Care. You do have a point. Max, like, I don't care. Whole... I'm kidding around with you, Max. I don't care. No, no, no. Like the fact that. You have you could just spread money, and the Yankees love to just to spread money, and so this would be it would make sense for them to do it. But like a guy like Didi, who's so absolutely loved, it'd be but weird for them to not. On the they would get killed for letting Didi okay, walk. But I want they're gonna. Lindor. They're, they're, they're I gonna would love Lindor as well. Lindor, yeah, future Yankee, Francisco Lindor too. I'd also love a million dollars to show up at my doorstep when I leave. I mean, he's not gonna run. <laughs> He's not Here's the thing. Um, staying in the Indians because they the thing, yeah, they already not, said that. But like Lindor have with. a good lower half, or are you gonna make fun of him for that one too? <laughs> make fun of well, you I mean, or make fun of him? He he sprained his ankle and tore his calf like yeah, a and he was fantastic last year and he's been good since he came back, so <laughs> I mean it strikes me as the kind of thing that it I wonder happen. if he'll. End, I wonder happen, if he'll end up being. I don't know. It's too. It's way too far down the road. This is this is a problem Indians, with Yankees fans. They just obsess over guys that aren't going to be free agents for you know years, and no suddenly when they, eight years. when they sign when they yeah. sign elsewhere, it's sort of like holy shit. They they didn't become a Yankee, and it's like well, yeah, they weren't going to become a Yankee. Um, um, the Yankees get everyone. Obviously, everyone's a future Yankee. Um, Astros aren't, or Astros aren't. Everyone, yeah, the Yankees got everyone. Alex Bergman. Um, speaking of Astros and future Yankees, John Heyman tweeted slash reported that it seems the Yankees might be more enticed by Dallas Keuchel 
after the draft when the um, Yankees would not have to forfeit a draft pick to sign him. Well, how do we how do we feel about that idea? All right, well, I want to start good. with one thing first. Yes, John Heyman. Oh boy, is a coward. All right, and this is not <laughs> this is not new. Yeah, this is not is breaking new. news. This and this is not carrying over from my vendetta about his covering of the rookie of the year race in the American league last year, or his unfair treatment of me on Twitter when he blocked me for no reason. Like Ozzy Albies thing. He got in with me about, is that what you're going to talk about? No, I was just going to say, well, it's not even all any of that. And it's not even just like, I don't know. Well, it's everything. And then the, the comments that he made today or yesterday about how Syndergaard should throw at uh, Jesse Winker. Because Jesse Winker owns the New York Mets. He got and, ejected from yeah from the game today. Yeah, because he went 0 for 4 with 3Ks. That was, okay, two things about that is, That's first of all, the, the home plate umpire escalated that. And second was that, of all... Was that the fucking same guy that threw out <laughs> AJ Hinch? I don't think... Culpa is on that crew. I don't think he was behind the plate. Ron Culpa I think he, needs to be He was behind the plate yesterday. Are we sure? Because um, I, I swear I saw the video today, and I thought I thought they was said it a breakdown. Copa no, was, was third down, unfortunately. Was third base umpire. It was Marty Foster behind the plate. All right. Here's, okay, that's the first thing. Shocks. Was the umpire escalated that, and Unusual. it ended up being a big deal because of the umpire, and you know, ump show has to happen. And the other thing is, Mets fans are acting like he went full Ron Artest and went up in the stands and started punching people in the face. They were talking shit. They were chanting his mom's name at one I mean, point. Like, no one's at that games. So well, easy. right, exactly. They're all of, like fans. 18 of their fans all were in the left fans. field seats, like yeah. heckling the left fielder. Um, yeah, he, he, he taunted them a little bit. I've and seen it. I don't like know. They're, they're, act, they're acting like also. he went it's in there and got everyone's firstborn child. Like, get yeah. the hell out of here. Like, that would have been a lot more badass. That would have been much more entertaining and probably much more worth Whoa. all the backlash from Mets fans. All right, we I'm joking. Mets fans are just sad. <laughs> I'm obviously kidding. I don't want <laughs> to go massacre a bunch of children, but you get the point here. Mets fans are being over dramatic here. Wait, that's wait, what they wait, always wait. are. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't believe Go, that. Okay, going back to the Heyman, the Heyman stuff. Oh yeah, uh, John Heyman's a coward. Was it, wait, was it? Is it Keuchel represented by Boris? Yes, he is. What so a coincidence it, he is. Yeah. So wouldn't Heyman 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 is a noted using mouthpiece. him as a using him as a mouthpiece again to get the Yankees involved because the Yankees have money, though they don't they probably won't sign him. They're not gonna him. sign him. They're not no, I mean, they'll, 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 shine. I don't want him. I mean not that I'm like the logic I'm, to I'm it is interesting, off, but. but at the same time it's just like Keikel isn't their kind of pitcher. Like you not look at, at who He's they, another, like who half, they, essentially who they acquire, who they um, try to develop and Kegel is a, guy is a fly <laughs> ball low velocity mid middle of the pack spin just not you know any of the peripherals that they usually He's have like half essentially it'd be like but like, but like less in terms of half. stuff like the thing about it is it's tough because the, there's like a predictive part of it that doesn't always work itself out like Hap for example doesn't throw particularly hard but the way that he uses his fastball um you know his spin rate was above the middle 
last year. And part of the reason he's getting hit so much this year is because he's regressed about 10 percentile um, spots in his spin rate, which just kind of happens with age sometimes. Um, and so if you think that Hap isn't really the kind of guy that the Yankees usually go for, Keiko is even less of that because his spin is, is way below. He was hit hard. His strikeout percentage was 17th percentile in, in baseball. And the Yankees Yikes. love their strikeout guys. Yeah. You can see it just from the bullpen construction. And that stuff is going to regress to a normal point and, and be fine. Um, especially, especially Zach Britton, which we can talk about later if we want to. But, um, but I, th- I think one of my problems with the whole Keiko thing is that I don't understand. And here's the thing. I want to preface this by saying that I have no issue with people wanting depth on the team because we've obviously seen how, you know, how beneficial depth can prove to be at the major league level. And I have no problem with like, and I actually not, I not that I don't have a problem with, I understand the woes that the Yankees have had with their starting pitching in like the longevity sphere in the past few years. So given those things, I don't, like I think now might be the time that we stop advocating for signing starting pitchers and trading for starting pitchers for we have so much nothing sake for for pitching sake. Like I I don't like I get you want the insurance and stuff, but like people are going off like, Oh, we need to trade for this guy. We got to sign Keiko. We got to do this, that, and the other thing. All right. So let's say we do sign Keiko. You're going to send who down off the roster to put him in there. Herman would be the guy, but that's not right. I mean, yeah, you're not going to say like he's been our best in the two ERA. They'd put, they'd put Harvey back in the minors, Herman into the spot. Which even and, still, but, that's not. But here's the thing. Here's right. the thing. Herman, like, I know that people don't like to look at the, the value side of players, but Domingo Herman making what he's making and performing the way he's performing oh, is so much better sense. for the team's bottom line than paying Dallas Keuchel you know, X number of actual millions compared to Herman, who's still only making six figures, which is, you know, that's significant in terms of baseball money, especially with a team that's already above the luxury tax threshold. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which all that, all that stuff ends up being important when you guarantee all this money, especially when you look like you're going to be going into a mode where you're signing extensions for Severino, for Hicks. And who knows where they go from here, be it Torres or Judge or or maybe even Sanchez. I don't know. Anduhar. When's the draft? Uh, When's the draft? June, right? Mid-June, I want to say. So say we sign him at the end of um, June, right? Um, Let's just say. The the draft is June 3rd. I mean, if maybe three to five weeks. Exactly. That's another thing. At that point, it's not. I mean, it. It just be, isn't, I mean, his um, first year, the first year would be prorated. It's just what does the rotation look like going forward? And you know, what is, what is, is the two thousand twenty given the actual <laughs> roster that well, we have right the, now? What's the, um, let's let's close our eyes and imagine two thousand twenty rotation where you know your givens are going to be Severino one, Paxton two, interchangeable, <laughs> Tanaka three ish, and happened. Hap might be your Most five starter, there. which is pretty darn good. I also like Herman as the three or four Herman? starter. Yeah, Herman yeah, I mean, in there. I, I don't I mean, even have to say that, like, matter of factly, because I've been very transparent about my. Yeah, no, my. You've been spot on, and also he's performed. Like, that's that's part of it. It's not like it's, uh, it's, a, it's not like everything a, you've said. It's not like there's an anecdote about 
what yeah. his peripherals look like. It's he's actually, you know, he's been gutsy. He's pitched really well. Yeah, he hasn't um, just like run into some good luck or just like had some good no, he's, he's like pitched well. You know what I mean? It's not just like he's yeah, throwing he ball made well. some he made some mechanical changes that were pretty obvious when we first saw him throw in spring training. He just threw more strikes and was able to um I think he commanded his secondary pitches much better. The fastball was always a good pitch for him, but that curveball is getting called for strikes more. Curveball, the changeup is it, first. Yeah, that is a beautiful curveball, and the changeup is is a serviceable, if not more than serviceable, third pitch. Yeah, for a guy that you know, I I think he had questions. Like uh, the, the thing about young starters is always. Will their third pitch be up to speed with the primary stuff? Because a lot of mm-hmm. guys come up fastball, breaking ball, they're working on their changeup kind of thing, or they're working on a slider or a cutter. Because as a starting pitcher, you need more than two pitches, which, you know, is it's not easy to have that kind of mastery. You saw it, Batansis was a failed starter. And now he's one of the better relievers, if not, you know, top 15 when healthy. Um, top 10 easily. Yeah. I mean, when he's top right, five, he's, possibly. Yeah. And you're seeing it now. The Yankees are having Domingo Acevedo be a reliever. Can you imagine the days three years from now where it's Domingo for seven innings, Domingo for one more inning, and then Aroldis Chapman to close it out? That's if he opts in, which he definitely will. He'd be. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Um, he'd but, be an idiot to opt out. It's another story, though. So, yeah, I mean, about about Keuchel, it's just like, where where does he fit? Unless the Yankees yeah. know something is up a Severino, there's no one to move. Because yeah. I think um, unless, you know, uh, it's still sort of playing wait and see with, with Domingo Herman because as good as he's looked, they've got the roster flexibility to really... Um, give him a lot of leash because he was granted a fourth option because he, um, I think he had Tommy John surgery one year when on optional assignments. So they gave him another one. Um, he's, 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 uh, yeah, he has his fourth option, which is sort of an, an, a gift of extra flexibility. Yeah. And the thing is like, obviously I really like Domingo Ramon and I would love to see him as like a long-term fix for this rotation. And, uh, I have one more point but I want to get to this first is that like people may have seen that I, I penned with the help of my co-hosts doing some of the research and helping guiding me towards the research and stuff, this expose on what I saw in Domingo Herman and why I liked him and all this stuff. And it honestly, like I was, I was pretty proud of it. And it seems as if like, we kind of touched on some of the things that I mentioned, but it seems as if somebody else was so proud of my work in my article about Domingo Herman that they wrote the exact same thing and put it under their name, which is unbelievably flattering if I don't say so myself, but at the same time, go fuck yourself, you stupid piece of shit, Joe Randazzo. The people at Bronx Pinstripes do a lot of great work and Andrew and JJ and all them, they do great work and I respect their business operation. They've been around for a long time and they've been doing, you know, really good stuff. But at the same time, this Joe piece of shit with his long hair and his ugly fucking you know queen's england dog i hope some very unfavorable things are in your near future and 
for being a coward and not responding to my inquiries and to my tweets and to my accusations of plagiarism, which are clearly based in some sort of reality. I wish you very ill fortune in the nicest way possible. So stop being a coward. And, you know, and, and let's, let's handle this. I'm, I'm a very rational human being and I would hope that you are too. You're obviously rational enough to understand the merit of my work and copy it essentially word for word and put it under your own name and under your own, you know, medium. So we know that there's something going on between the ears. It's just what is going on between the ears that we have to figure out. And then I would love to help you get there. We can do this together, which is pretty much how we wrote your article is together. So now that I have, you know, now that we've established this teamwork between the two of us, let's use it for good and not for evil. All right. Rant over. What was what I was going to say is I love Domingo Herman. I want him to be a long term fix. But another name that we're not really mentioning that's coming back into the question in a couple months, probably is Jordan Montgomery. Yeah. Hopefully in August, September. That's a really good point. And he's a brave and unknown, but he's coming off Tommy John surgery. And I mean, God knows what he's going to provide us. I'm sure he'll spend a little bit of time in the minors, but like he could come back and surprise a lot of people and be that trade deadline acquisition that we, you know, that everyone wants. Essentially. Yeah. And for nothing. That's, yeah, um, I was totally not prepared with that twist, and I'm really glad that you brought that up. Um, I think it's going to end up being one of those things that people say it's a good problem to have because they have oh, no, definitely is. they have no obligation to go with either guy, and they can send either guy to the leagues with a penalty, and so they can really evaluate who's going to do the most for the club. And I think that that's the best way for them to proceed because if Herman is still, you know, shoving and being a guy that looks like he is a mid rotation plus guy for the team, is that going to be something that's sustainable? And can they really give Montgomery all of that time to just be in AAA, get those innings on his arm? Mm-hmm. And be on a new arm, essentially. I mean, it's he's essentially a right. I mean, like maybe allow him a little bit of time, half a season almost. What 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 would he get? Like two months in the August? I mean, to like reinvent well, himself. Will, I think he would also I mean. I think the idea that he would be quote unquote back in August is like including the fact that he'll pitch his way up, oh. just like Hicks Hicks is um, coming back through the system in the same when progression. Um, surgery it was last went. May. Was I think May. it was last either May or June. Um, because it, it was also it was originally diagnosed as flexor tendon um injury, and so and then it you know never got better, and yeah, then they just that, decided that was awful. I yeah, at first that. it was elbow tightness, then it was a flexor strain, and then it was Tommy John, and it was on June seventh. So eighteen oh, months okay. from that, you know give or take is when you get back to the major leagues. So he was at the point where I think that I, I think I remember in spring training, the reports were that he had like 19 specific checkpoints to go. And that was in February or March. So I don't know. I feel like anything Montgomery gives this team is a bonus and it might even be out of the bullpen. 
he might not be a, a, oh, a long relief kind of guy. Like he could be, I mean, I don't know. I think he could be a, he'll probably be a September call up, mm-hmm. which is, it's funny to refer to him that way because he was like a rookie of the year candidate. Yeah. Like quietly as the fifth starter. And I'm, I'm so glad that you mentioned Montgomery because I would not have even thought about He's so easily Where, forgotten in the fold because of guys like and, a, and, no, and the, the thing and about it is fault. he's well, he's also not a huge stuff guy. He's just a, a he's a like, uh, uh, yeah, the boomer word. Like he is a he is a pitcher in the fact that he doesn't overpower. He's a good cerebral guy. And, you know, that curveball, just like Herman, that curveball mm-hmm. is something special. Yeah. And, and, and I feel and like I, just, I haven't seen him pitch in so long. I forget what it's like. I forget the sensation. I feel like I have that, that same big same idea of watching Gregorius play. I <laughs> saw I was watching some highlights from last year the other night, and it was I think I was I think I was watching like a Gary Sanchez highlight reel, and he threw to second, and it was Didi putting a tag down on somebody, and I was like, holy shit! Cry a little bit. You're I like, was like, what is this? I, I, I like saw it and I was just like, I, I miss Didi. Like it's, it's crazy that this team is where they are in, in more than decent shape. I mean, you'd be fine if they were at 500 with the guys that they've got, you know, well, starting over, right? Right. Exactly. I mean, yeah, there's, they're, they're starting big league games with Tyler Wade in left field with Tyro Estrada you know, at second base, like, like all this man. stuff, Mike Gee. Ford. Do you know how low Mike Ford was on the first base depth chart to start Everything the season? That like went um wrong, like went wrong in order to like get him up. I mean, well, right. Like, everything that like I said that wrong entirely, but no, like, I get what you, know, you mean. Like everything that like just, it was literally Murphy's law dream. Yeah. I actually felt the same way the other day about Luis Severino. I was watching a video and like I I saw number 40 on the mound and I was like, I I legitimately had to ask myself for a second, like, who is that? Like, I've just gotten so used, maybe maybe because it was just a while ago, like I've gotten so used to this point. I can have, so you forgot that and then, I mean, on and now he's out, so it's really been since what? Since like last um, um 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 what like may like um that he's like um been good well he was like, an all-star that got him to yeah. that got you to june so, or july yeah. at least he was so the thing about it was he got it. he so got been, slow it's I, the thing about it was he also though, that's the point i mean the thing is the so, shoulder i think the, the the fatigue that comes in in the second half and i think he threw a career high in innings it's just one of those things that you add that to a young pitcher and, and Severino hasn't been injury prone. It's just, I mean, I've had lat, I've had lat soreness before. Like, it, it's, it's the thing about it is the lat is below your shoulder blade, but above like your hips. It's one of those muscles in between. It's still in your shoulder, but not really considered your back. And that muscle is one of the more important that um, ones that helps in the process of decelerating your arm after you throw. And so it's fairly natural for pitchers to get inflammation there because of um, the fact that throwing a baseball overhand is an unnatural movement of your arm. And so like, that's the kind of thing that 
isn't an indicator, I think, from Seve that he he'll end up being injury prone or anything like that. Yeah. But he, you know, threw so many pitches and was the guy for the team that it becomes a concern that he's getting, you know, almost like it's, I don't want to call it a natural, like a naturally progressing injury, but like you throw as many pitches as hard as he does, you have to decelerate your arm. You're going to get some, you know, you're going to get that tightness in your lat. I mean, I had to, there were times where I couldn't throw for weeks just because my lat would flare up from pitching. It just, it just happens. It's not something you want to like mess around with either. It's not one of those. No, you you want to let it go away Mm -hmm. and try to, you know, treat it, which I think it's, it's fine with what they're doing. Um, And luckily they've been able to have that flexibility to sort of let it happen because Tanaka has pitched well, give or take, you know, he's given up his usual home runs and thunk him in Arizona. Paxton has looked like an ace. Hap is turning a corner to use an Aaron Booneism. Herman has looked fantastic. Like you said, Sabathia has been great. He's been himself. He's been, he's been, he's been song by a certain Bobby Schmurda that I'm not allowed to say on the air. Yeah, you're right. You're not, um, <laughs> nor will I try. Um, and so it's almost like it's funny because the rotation has almost overperformed while the bullpen has underperformed and we'll see how that plays itself out. I mean, they got to stop using Jonathan Holder and high use Canely more. Luis Sessa bounced back and pitched well. Um, that's been my, uh, I'm, I'm clutching on that that take that I pulled out yeah, of my you, ass in the middle of an episode. And I was somehow like, you, and somehow you nailed it. Um, speaking of expectations, um, the Yankees expected a lot of Aaron judge. Um, naturally. And, and we're at the, I know sad. Um, I am sad. I believe I me, especially when it comes to judge. Um, can we have a, with this te- a moment of silence? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That is not silence. Um, that was an excerpt from Jay Z's Lost One. It's from his American Gangster. It's not from American no. Gangster. That's from Kingdom, Kingdom Come. Come. Do we even have that on here? Um, who cares? What's going to happen? <laughs> I'll let it happen. Honestly, um, what's going to happen? No one will know. Um, Rockefeller Records, sue me. So no, I can frame the notice Maybe. of being sued because it's from Rockefeller. Jay Z, okay. if you sign it, I'm gonna right. autograph. We, we need to wrap speaking up. Speaking of so. speaking of the core for our podcast, when Andy gets arrested for copyright infringement, which yeah. you know, I won't visit. We, 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 he, will he be the host that we miss the most, or is it better to talk about which Yankee is missed most besides Aaron Judge? I, I might have butchered that, but at least I didn't play copyrighted material. Um, that was a I'm, Luke Voigt-esque stretch you had there. JP, I'm yeah. Fernando Tatis Jr. stretch. Yeah, actually, yeah, it was more like that because that, that hurt me. Physically ailed <laughs> me. I'm glad. Um, besides Judge, we'll, we'll go around here. Who do you think is the most missed Yankee at this point, given everybody who's been hurt? Been- um, that one. <laughs> Chase Headley. Um, I'd probably but say, um, I like yeah, that because I mean, because Zach, um, um, he 
because Zach Burton, he kind of stinks. Yeah, he like hasn't three bad outings. He's, and, like, and it's cost them like okay, it's not been like like three. It's been like I think like hold on, I'm gonna look. Just for argument's sake, I want to look it up. Obviously, this isn't a part of what I was going to say. So if you want to like continue with everyone else, you could while I find it. Um, I'll. Uh, hmm. I might just I might say Stanton just because he was the best power hitter. Is Stanton last year okay? Was, was the most consistent. I mean. He led the team in homers and RBIs, and I know RBIs are obviously a very much team reliant stat. But thirty eight home runs is thirty eight home runs. Like that's something that I don't know if the Yankees have any thirty eight home run guys consistently in the lineup now. Voit because Voit is thirty eight. Voit remains to be seen. I don't know if it'll be as as many as that. But like Frazier would be the only one that I can Sanchez. Oh, well, yeah, Sanchez. Yeah. And the thing about Sanchez Easily. is is if he's right and doesn't get hurt again, and I don't think that that Sanchez particularly is a, an injury pl- prone player. No, he just gets the things that happen with um it's catchers. Just, I mean, yeah, I mean, a strained calf is. I mean, how he wasn't out that long. He was out like two weeks. I mean, yeah, I think, and they they I played fine without him, and that shouldn't be an indictment on who he is. Romine and Higgy kind of did nothing. That's the they thing did about well, it. actually when they were here. They, but, no, they did fine, but. I think, I don't know. I think looking from beginning of the season to now, I'll say Stanton. And then like sort of a predictive, I'm going to choose a second one because I think, I think Hicks because I was, it means Brett Gardner has to play center field every day. Yes. So I I think I just Gardner always wears himself down and it's just going to be even more so because center field is that much more demanding. And when you talk about like how much the team misses a player, it can't just be like, oh, how much do we miss their production? It's more, how much do you miss the implications of their absence? In which case, oh, I well, think they're... Aaron Hicks is, is the... Actually, I don't know. That's tough because... Are you talking about in terms of like a... I mean, like... Like, like what though? In like the um, like how clubhouse? How much better are they than the, than the alternative? Oh, okay. So oh, how okay, much better okay. is Gary Sanchez at catcher than... Having Austin Roman and Kyle Hicks. Oh, a significant amount. A significant How much amount. better is Aaron Hicks in center field and Brett Gardner in left than Brett Gardner in center and Mike Talkman in left field? It's a like, significant you know, amount that's, still, I Exactly. Think. That's, what I, that's what you have to think of. Like if Luke Voigt got hurt before Greg Bird got hurt and we had to see Greg Bird limp out onto the field every fucking day, that would be the most grave injury, I think, on this team. And well, it would have been Ford. And the thing is, I think Ford would have gotten more playing time out of that. Well, if, if you're not going Ryan like that, then it's um, Judge, then. Right. I mean, because I was saying besides Judge, because obviously yeah, he's, I mean, he's all-star starter in the outfield. MVP. Kind of guy that you can't replace. And even even there, that I mean, I'm, I, I feel like it's almost disrespectful to Stanton. Who's a former he's MVP? Not as good. I'm sorry, he's not as good as um, Judge, and I love Stan. He's just not as good. Well, yeah. well, I also think that there's a consistency thing there. I think Judge gets the bat on the ball more, yeah. and also, as, as, the thing that I most con- I'm not even concerned. That was the wrong word to to start with. Is just like comfortable Stanton is going to be something that I'm intrigued to see as a Yankee because oh yeah, in we Miami for a short he, time. he owned you know he was so so good in Miami. 
It was oh, yeah. Mr. Um, and part of that part of that was a comfort level thing. He, you yeah. know, when he won MVP that August when he hit like I think he hit like twenty seven homers in one month. Like no, no, no. <laughs> I think it was eighteen. It was eight, I don't know. I just yeah, I know. it was eighteen. Is a homer a game, JP? I mean, that's not. He won MVP. It's not like that's particularly far-fetched. I'm no, going to check mean, this out. I'm, I'm, I'm fact-checking fact so fact 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 myself right now. It was 18 or 19. Okay. It was, yeah, August he hit 349, 433, I have the computer. Oh, yes. I, um, I was guessing. Um, but like, kind of like him, because all he does is guess at the pitch. Huh. <laughs> oh my awful. god that was terrible you couldn't make that rhyme with blank the fluke because that's what you've done in each of the last two episodes <laughs> the only f- yeah the only fluke um is um no i can't even s- I- no nah. he's the fluke good um, now <laughs> i mean no if i if i had to pick someone who the Yankees would miss the most would probably have to be john carlo just like it's having his bat in the lineup I mean, yeah. obviously outside judge. Well, the thing is, like, somebody could probably premise. just use his bat, no? Yeah, I mean... Isn't that what having all those great They all use a bat, no? Them, yeah. Also, he can play a solid outfield, too. And, like, he... I don't know. Like, like y'all like y'all were saying, a comfortable... Uh, it's a comfortable stand. Uh, you know what? Maybe uh, Hicks. Because, like, you have his switch, switch hitting abilities, his elite mm-hmm. defense, and you don't yeah. see Gardner in center field every night. Yeah. I'll go with that one instead. Okay. No, that's fair. That was, I mean. I also think it's interesting because the reactions to where the Yankees are, um, given all of their uh, um, playing time that's going to other guys, especially because of injury, you know, none of us said Luis Severino, who looks like a top five starter in the, you know, in the American League when he's right. Um, <laughs> Batantis mentioned once, and he's a top five reliever in the game. And so it's it's like it's it's crazy because so many people want to rag on the front office for the things that they do and the people that they bring in, but the, the front fact office this, owns the, the fact, fans. The fact that this team has treaded has been able to tread water to the point of you know being where they are at this point in the season, given the adversity that they've faced going into a big home stand, 17 and 13 with, you know, an immense amount of talent and injured. Oh, it's I just, just yeah. uh, you just use the word. <laughs> um, Whenever I hear the word immense, my, my brain <laughs> default is clout. Don't ask me why. But like, can you think think about it this way? When you look at the Yankees and you look at who they have on the field and you look at the things that could happen, starting third base, opening day third baseman, shortstop, um, would have been center fielder in Hicks, um, right fielder judge, Ace designated hitter Carter. Stanton, Gregorius would have been the shortstop, um, Severino would have been the starter, Batances would have been a setup guy. And that's just a partial accounting of who is on the injured list. Yeah. Like how many other teams would be, you know, close to where the Yankees are? None. Exactly. That's like, imagine if the Red Sox didn't have Betts, JD, Devers is negligible at this point, but like. He's been good this year. He's having a very good year. Rafael Devers. I mean, yeah. Sandra Bogart is fantastic. (laughs) 
I mean, they they have to play Chavez at second base right now, but like all of he's this stuff. Imagine, third base. imagine if you he's a natural at doing PEDs too. Um, yes, bro. But like, you know, I don't know if there are any any teams in baseball that could survive this kind of stuff the way that the Yankees have. The only team I could say is like Houston and even them still, because. Because they don't have that same. Well, right. They've had to stock. They they've, they've stockpiled the talent, and they've also. I mean, they've made moves to try to fortify. I mean, they traded JD Davis to the Mets. Yeah, and he was a, you know, corners guy with decent on base and good power, but just not enough contact to merit being the guy there. Mm-hmm. And also because they have Bregman and Guriel has been great at first base. You the Guardians are fraud. Nonetheless, the Yankees, although they're coming off two straight losses to the Arizona Diamondbacks, will look to ride a bit of a hot hand coming off the six and three West Coast road trip into a little bit of a homestand in which they have three against the Minnesota Twins, four against the Seattle Mariners before traveling down to everybody's favorite Tropicana Field for three games against the AL East leading Tampa Bay Rays, and then come back up to the Bronx for a few against the Orioles and a few against those same Tampa Bay Rays. And it's looking like, you know, I, I think this is a a stretch of games where the Yankees could do a lot of damage in the AL East and kind of come out of these next 10 games with a solid grasp of first place. And they're going to be getting a lot of their guys back like Miguel and Duhar. Clint Frazier will come back. Uh, John Carlos Stanton is on the cusp. He's a little bit away, but Aaron Hicks, is awaiting his return any day now. And I mean, things are looking, things are looking pretty bright. We're not going to have to stay up until 2 a.m. to catch the ninth inning of a game anymore. And, you know, things, uh, there's greener grass in Bronx, New York right now. So um, we're actually just getting word from Twitter and from Max from Tampa Bay that Miguel Andujar has blasted a two-run homer for the Tampa Tarpons in his second, no, third rehab game in as many days. And that is, I mean, that that's great news. After I just mentioned that he's coming back in the in the coming days, the fact that he's hitting two-run home runs off of anybody is, is a sight to behold after just a few weeks ago we were told that he might not play again in 2019. So, like I said, brighter days ahead for the New York Yankees. Every day is a bright day, though, when you're a Yankees fan, because the Yankees have 2,000. The Yankees have 27 World Series championships, which is conveniently the most in the major leagues, conveniently the most in any American sport. Um, I think, actually, sports worldwide, I think it's the most championships of any professional team. But, you know, it's hard to really walk outside, and even on the cloudiest of days, not just have a big old sunny smile on your face when you don those pinstripes and you put on that Yankees cap. You're a winner. You're a winner, just like the Yankees. And, you know, here at Core 4 Podcast, we embody those qualities in, you know, to the highest degree. And we expect the same of our listeners. So keep on listening. Keep on rating. Keep on subscribing. Talk to us on Twitter. You guys have been great we're loving the season so far obviously the you know the personnel has not been to everybody's expectations the injuries have been much to our chagrin but we persevere we persevere this is nothing but hurdles and i am an olympic hurdler i am at the olympics bro so 
let's keep going. Let's take 10 out of 10 in these next 10 games. Let's take first place, first place from the Tampa Bay Rays. <laughs> and let's, you know, and let's uh, let's keep it that way. Let's keep the Red Sox in fourth place. I like them down there. It's that's a nice place for, for them. And until next week, ladies and gentlemen, go Yankees.